it's a big privilege for my family and for me to be here this morning again. And we're really happy to, to spend time with all of you. Uh, we love your church, and we love your pastors and everybody here. So it's really good to be here this morning again, worshiping with, uh, with you and bringing God's word for us to just to get a remembrance from God, all his goodness and everything to us. So um, this morning I just want to, to open God's word in Psalm 44. And I'm just going to read for now the first verse and then I will be praying. Oh God, we have been, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what did your performance in their days, in the days of God? So Father, we want to thank you for everything that you have been doing. Everything that you have been just taking care of our people in all ages. On the way that you just did everything for them. And now we know that we have a God that we can trust. And a God who is going to fulfill his plan and his decree forever. So that God is the one that we want to praise and we want to worship and we want to bow down every day. We just want to come to you, giving thanks for your word in the way that you reveal yourself to us. So help us this morning to open the word and just go through it and just learn everything that you want to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. Something that is really good for me and I, I really like the Psalms, and you can see it's the second time here, and just always pick up a Psalm, because I love them. It's really, number one, really practical, and it's really good for us to, to have always a remembrance on everything that these people just suffer and go through. And one of the things is that we, every Sunday, and at every time, people just like to sing the hymn, uh, the Psalms. So whenever we sing a Psalm, there's a story behind that Psalm. And that's the way for us. Number one here in this Psalm 44, the first thing is that it's going to tell us a story. And it's going to help us understand many of the things that God wants us to know. Many of the times and when I was just getting ready for this, I was just thinking, uh, at the time that we, that we read Psalm 44, the first thing that we can see is that here is our daily life in all circumstances. If you're just going to ask for a favor, you apply Psalm 44. If you're going to pray, you apply Psalm 44. Whatever you're going to do, and you will see, you always apply Psalm 44. The other day I was just going to ask somebody for help. And the first thing that I knew was, who may I just go and ask for this? And attached to the question, it was like, well, there's a pastor that I know in Waco. He's the right one to go and ask. Why may I just go and ask? Well, because I just have something in my, in my head that I can just go and ask him because I know that probably he's going to help me. And that's our daily uh, daily and, and everything that we're going to do is based on that. Many times, whenever we just want to do something, you just have in your head what somebody have done before or where's a place that I can just get that. And when you just go to Psalm 44, you will see that that's the expectation there. The promise that we have there, and these are just terms, is Historia Salutis. We just have there in the first verses, verses one to three, we have a lot of story there. And these people are just going to let us know what has been happening to them. And the first verse and all the way to one to three, it is just letting us know things that God has been doing. And this is really, really good to start in God. God has been doing a lot of things for us. He has been doing things all over the Bible. Whenever you just start in the Bible, you just go and the first thing that you see is there's a story behind everything there. And that's the way how we teach our kids. So whenever you go to your kids, you can ask them, okay, who were the first person in the Bible? Oh, everybody knows. And all the kids will just go and say, Adam and Eve. They know the story. 
They know everything that happened. And if you just go and ask them, oh yes, they disobey God. Because we like to tell stories to people. Whenever two persons just get together, the first thing that they do is tell a story. And then later, they use that story to remember what can they do. So, somebody just go and say, and now I'm going to travel. Oh, I remember that somebody told me that they went through this same road. And they were telling me that something happened. That's the way that we think. But many of the problems that we face today is that we use that same way of thinking to go to God. And many of the times, whenever we just go to approach God, and whenever we just want to go and pray to Him, or just go and ask for something, we go to Him in a way saying, okay, you treat before somebody in this way. Now I want you to treat me in the same way that you treat Him before. And that's a big problem. And that was the problem that they were just facing here in Psalm 44. So that's why if there is something that we need to remember every day is get Psalm 44 and just learn it and just try to memorize it. All the problems that they were going through and everything that they face after that. And you will see the resolution at the end. And that's why I really like this song because it is something really practical that something that we do every day and the way that we think, it cannot affect the way that we go to God. And we need to go to God for everything. But always remember, we cannot go to God in the same way that we go, that we go for looking for something else. Whenever you need something, you think before how that person is going to react. That's not the same way with God. And that's why we just want to go into Psalm 44 to go verse by verse and just look everything that was going on there. And then I hope this psalm can help us to understand and to give us a better picture on how we need to go to God. And every time we just go through something in our life, we remember Psalm 44. And that can help us to walk better in the way that God wants us to walk. So we can just start verse 1 in Psalm 44. And the first thing is that we can see there is, it start in God. Oh God, that's the best way how to start. He's the foundation for everything. Genesis 1 start with the same thing. In the beginning, God create. This psalm start with God. The second thing is that we have heard. That's really good. Everything comes by hearing. Everything. And why is that? Well, because that's the way how faith comes. Faith will come just hearing the word of God. So the third thing that we see there is that the, our father has told us. That's really important for each one of us here. Your kids are going to remember everything that you tell them. So for us as parents, here we can learn a lot of things. The same thing that they learn in their periods, in their period, in their period of time. The first thing that it was written later, but for them, they knew everything that was happening because their fathers told them everything. So for them, whenever they knew something, they just go and say, what did my father tell me? What was what he was explaining to me about? So that's why all of them had the first, first books of the Bible. And from that point, just going into verse number one, and we're just going to go making a lot of applications one by one, and we are just going to divide this, and then at the end, we're going to do a big, big uh, application for all of this. But everything, number one, start in God. Here is a lot of kids this morning and a lot of parents. Number one, always teach your kids about the work of God since the beginning. That's number one. Your kids need to learn everything of that. And you will see the importance of that because everything, it has their foundation on this. 
They have heard and the fathers have told them. That's the beginning for everything. If this person didn't have a father who told them everything and they couldn't hear, then the chain was stopped just there. And sometimes we just go, well, yes, everybody have a Bible today and everybody have a cell phone with a Bible on it. Yes, but that doesn't take away the responsibility of the fathers. Everything that is just coming here start in that point. Number one, God. Number two, somebody told them and they hear and the fathers told them. Something that I really, really like is whenever my kids just come and ask me questions. Hey dad, what about this? And I'm like, this is a really good sign. They're coming to me. They're not going to something else. They're not trying to look for somebody else to teach them. And that is something really, really important. And the first thing that we can see here in the Old Testament is how all of them will go all the way to conclusions after having somebody teaching them and somebody uh, and they could hear everything that was going on. So then everything that happened in, in all of those days, it was taught to them and the fathers told them everything that they need to know. And that's the way how all of them in the Old Testament, they knew God. But then we have another problem. They knew God, but they didn't obey God. Because that's another problem. And we will see that later. So then, <clears throat> we go into verse number two. You, with your own hand, drove out the nations, but then you planned. You afflicted the people. Sorry. The people, but then you set them free. Now he's, he continued telling all of us and all of them there what was happening. So God, the people went and had problems, but God went and set them free. That's really good news for us. Whenever we just read all of this, it will tell us about God. A God that free people, God who saved sinners, they were in the middle of battles and for them, it's really easy to know all of that. And for many of our kids, they know too. Because we teach them all of the stories of the Old Testament and the New Testament and everything like that. And it's really good to teach our kids all of that. Because then they can remember and then they can know more about the work of our God. Verse number three. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them but your right hand and your arm and the, and the light of your face for, your, for you delight in them. They were just talking about God. The God that starts in verse number one, all of these people hear about that God and their father told them everything that was happening. How God sent them, uh, set them free, how God was sending them to conquer everything, and the first piece of the psalm is just giving information about who is the God that they trust and they need to obey. And that's the first step for all of us in our lives. How much do you know about the God that you trust? And that needs to be like number one. Why do we worship God? How do you know that you trust in the Lord? Which God do you need to trust? Well, I want to trust the same God that all of these people in the old days, they were trusting and they were obeying Him. And many times we are like, I don't know what to do with my life. And many times we just go and say, I don't know what I need to do. Well, you know what to, to do? Just go and follow the same God that all, everybody was following in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Teach your kids, tell them everything about that God. A God that was setting them free, a God that was saving all of them, a God that didn't let them in prison, in Egypt, and all of that. And here we can see the importance for us as parents to go and tell stories to our kids. Sometimes we want them to know more, 
Sometimes we want them to be theologians and we want them to know all the 114 questions in the Catechism and all that. That's really, really good. And if you can do it, yes, that's perfect. But help them to know the stories of the Bible. They need to know everything that God has been doing. Because if not, then the world is going to come and try to destroy that God with another kind of information. Well, the God that you trust, he cannot make heaven and earth. And then there's a lot of things about that out there. And I know a lot of young people that they go to university and the second thing that you know is they don't want to trust anymore in the Lord. And they just want to go like, oh yes, everything was made about this and this and this. And part of the problem is that we don't teach them the right God and the God of the Bible. So this song is bringing something really useful for us. Teach your kids, teach the people, teach everything about the God that was doing everything in the Old Testament. This God has been doing amazing things. And we can go story by story. And if you go in everything, we can identify our life with many of those problems. Like my wife and I, we have been, uh, we were married for eight years. We couldn't have kids. And every time that we were just thinking about that, the first thing that we remember is God led others in the Bible to have kids. So maybe he can do that for us one day. And God gave us two beautiful kids. But without knowing all of those stories, it was impossible for us to say, well, God can do it. But he is not going to do it because of me, because I'm really special or because this and this and this, but it's just because of him. And that will bring us into the doctrine of God. How much do you know about God? <clears throat> is God moved by actions? Is God the one that is going to obey you for whatever you want? Is he going to fulfill your plans in your way? The more you know about the God of the Bible, the more you will see that those questions are not going to be solved in the way that you want. Now comes another problem. In verses 4 to 8, it comes a really big problem. Now, because I know about him, now I will trust. You are my king, O God, ordained salvation to Jacob. They knew everything of that. They knew who was Jacob. They knew all the amazing things that it was happening. So in all these verses, we have a story of Saludis. What is that? Well, it's just everything how God was accomplishing everything for us. Through you, we push down our foes. Through your name, we treat down those who raise up against us. He's just there continuing to let us know everything going on. All the stories, everything. We can just jump out of here and we can put a lot of story here. Verse 6. For not in my own, uh, in my own um, but not in my boat do I trust, nor can I sword save me. It was really clear. I cannot do anything by myself. Everything was done by you. But you have saved us from our foes and, ha and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually and we will give thanks to your name forever. This is a beautiful part in this song. God saving the people, God doing marvelous things, He accomplished everything He wants, he has been conquering everything. And here is the time that we can talk a lot, a lot about stories. And we can probably spend the whole morning just talking about stories, how God did this, how God did that. He opened the Red Sea. And if I just start asking all the kids, everybody's going to tell me a different story from the Bible. And that will show us all time 
that God is God. He does everything on His way, and His plan are forever. But now then we come to verse number nine, and then it's here where all the problems comes. Verse number nine, but you have rejected us and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. Now here is where the problem comes. Now he's saying, now I know everything about this God, but I want to twist his arm and I want him to do everything in my way. Now the problem is, I'm in big problems. We're trying to conquer here and there, and we're trying to do everything. Where is that God that was doing all these amazing things in the past? And now, all of this now on from verse 9 to 21, we're going to have a lot of complaints. God, I know you. I know everything that you have been doing. I know how amazing you are. I know everything that you were doing to our fathers. And now they are going to turn this into a complaint to try to twist God's, God's arm. And that's a really bad, bad problem. How many times do we go to God? And how many times whenever we just start praying, we just go and say, you know, I want you to do this and this and this and this because you did it too. And in the way that we just go and talk to God, it's in a way like if we are just going and asking him, asking him like, treat me in the same way that you treat so and so. I know everything that you were doing and I want you now to come and do the same to me. Are you in that position to go and talk to God like that? How much do you know about God? And whenever you just go and continue reading from verses 9 to 21, all everything there is just talking about all the complaints that they had. We have been going through this, you were not here. We were just doing this, you didn't help us. You were here and here, you didn't do this and this and this. For a second, all of these people just turn, trying to take the place of God. How many times in our life we have been just going and taking the place of God? How many times in the middle of, a, of our sufferings, we just go and start complaining against God? And we just want to use all the information that our fathers have been telling us and everything that we have been hearing to turn it in a way, just asking God, you need to do this to me because you owe me this because I was doing this. I have been just doing this and this and this. Something that really helped me a lot this psalm is to understand many of the time the one with the plan and the one with the decree is God, is not me. Many times when we just talk about God, we have been the ones who wants to get away from God. But he's the one who comes to us. And he's the one who rescues us. But many times, everything that we just offer to God is complaints. And all the complaints come when we are in suffering. Everybody likes the kind of preaching that we are more than conquerors and we will do this and we will do that and we will have and we will have and we will own and, and declare and this and that. That's the kind of teaching that people like. Because they're taking the place of God. But many times we just go and we say, oh yes, that's those people because no, we are reformed. We don't go into that. and We were not that kind of persons and our church is 1689 and we're reading before we don't go and do it there's a bad news yes we do it a lot too <laughs> many times we just want God to come and take all of our problems out and place us in this happy place where there's no problem there's no need there's not anything 
Bad news for us, that place doesn't exist. You will have your problems here. If you move to another place, there are some others there. If you continue moving to another one, there are going to be some others. As you know, I'm a Cuban. As you know, there's a lot of problems in Cuba. Guess what? I came here. There are problems here too. But the good piece, and where all of this change, and you can just go later and you can read all verses from 9 to 21. And you will see all the complaints that they were doing. And many times we approach God in that way. We want to condition God to do our need. This is what I need, come and do it. We want God to act according to our need and our situation. And we think many times that our problems are higher than all the other people. And that's what is everything just going through verses 9 to 21. All the complaints. And we forget about God. Sometimes we just teach our kids in a way or we just teach ourselves in a way that we learn a lot about God, but just in a way to fulfill our plans. But we need to know about God in a way that we know God better. So in the middle of all our problems, in the middle of all our situations today, we know everything that God can do for us. Everything, how he can come and rescue us. But many times we need to trust in the Lord. And at the beginning I was just putting the name, if you go into your bulletin, talking about faith. That's the whole topic of this song. Is your faith based on you? Or is your faith based on God? Do you trust God in the way that he wants you to trust him or not. The worst part to trust God is in the middle of suffering. Whenever we're just suffering or we're in the middle of a bad situation, that's the worst part to trust God. And everything that has been just going through the whole Bible, if you just go and check verse by verse, all the people in the Old Testament, they go through suffering. And the good news for us today is that God take care of them, God provide for them, and God rescue them. Not on their time, not whenever they want it, not on their way, but on God's way. And this psalm is really practical for us. And that's why we can sing it, we can memorize it, we can teach it, we can do everything we want. Why? Because it's really practical for us. It's something that we go day by day. Sometimes, and this is many things that we just learn here in the States when we come to this country. We come here, and you go like, oh, I, I need to buy a car. Okay, how's your money situation and everything like that? Well, everything is really low, it's really bad, interested and this and that and everything. But you don't go and apply whenever you know that you're not going to take it. But many times we try to do that with God. Something that we need to know is that the, that God is the one that we can see in verses 1 to 8. A God who has a plan, a God who has a decree, a God who is going to fulfill everything. And we can turn all of this psalm now talking about the doctrine of God and the doctrine of man. And that's the piece that 
the more we know God, the more that we know men that will help us to know that this world is following just God's decree. And we are just in the peace that everything that we can offer God is sinfulness. But God is coming to save sinners. You were just singing a beautiful song just some minutes ago, a beautiful hymn about sinners. Whenever we can just stand in front of a mirror, everything that we're going to see is problems, disasters. Whenever I just stand, I don't like to see to stand a lot in front of a mirror because it can break. <laughs> but the problem is that everything that we can offer God is really bad. But the more that we can know about God, the more that we can go and come and just trust in Him. Many times we just complain about God. And we just want to come to Him and say, treat us in the same way that this and this and this. Whenever we just go to verses 21 on, verse 21 goes and say, would not God discover this? Oh yes, he knows everything. He knows every single thing. And here is where the distinctions creator and creatures take place. There's a big gap between creator and creatures. One of the things is that the creator knows everything that he has done. And whatever example that we can use for that is not going never to go really well. Because there's no way how to go to, to go with God. There's no example to, to talk about God. But many times when we need to repair something, we need to fix something. My wife, for example, will, will get the table and and I just put a nail here and do something here. We fix it. But the, the next thing that we will go and tell is, and I will go and tell my wife, okay, but be careful. If you treat this really bad here, it will break again. That's the same way for us. God knows what is in our heart. God knows what is in our will. We can change. We are tied to passions. We are tied to everything. God is not. We cannot just come and God and say, I'm going to pray for 17 hours and the next thing that I'm going to receive is this and this and this. That's not the God of the Bible. Verse 21 said, would not God discover this? Yes. He knows everything of that. He knows really well the distinctions creator, creature. We don't. Many times we want God to be in the same position that us. Verse 22, yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. That's a quotation that we can see in Romans 8, 36. And we can see a big difference between Romans 8, 36 and Psalm 44, 22. And if we can just go there for a second, we're going to see a big, big difference. Roman 8.36, it says, and it is written, and it quotes there, dissolved. But look at verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Where's the place there? What is more important, his love for us or my love for him? One of the biggest things is that he came to the earth to save us. There was not, not a way for us to be saved. 
if God didn't choose to come to descend to send his son for Jesus to come and die there that's the place where to start all of this if you want to start in a point to teach your kids about God and to not go into the same problems that they did before always go and exalt the love of God for us yes it's really good that we love yes God love with everything that you can that's the law the law says love your neighbor love God that's amazing the second piece that we know after that is what guess what is there we cannot make it because what is more important for us is that God is the one who loves us and that is what makes all sense for us so there is a big distinction between Psalm 44 22 and Roman 8 36 and here is going to talk to us in a way that in the middle of all the problems yes God is there in the middle of all suffering yes God is there in the middle of everything in our life just wait and trust in the Lord is your faith based on you or based in God the more you know about God the more you know about everything that he has been doing the more you're going to trust him but the more you're going to trust in him not in you and many times we want to start doing good works in a way that we can just go and say God now you owe me something and that's the way how they were treating God in Psalm 44 you have been doing this and this and start a beautiful psalm at the beginning exalting God yes later then we see all the problems after that then they start to complain where well you didn't treat me in the same way that, that you treat my fathers and all the generations before than me. So then it's uh, verse 23. Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? This same phrase, we found it in the New Testament. And we found that same words when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples. What was happening there? Well, it was a big problem. Water all over. Where was Jesus? Sleeping. Resting. What was happening with the disciples? They were just running crazy. Many times what happened with us? We are in the same position. Here we see the result. The disciples went where Jesus was just sleeping there. They wake up him and say, hey, how can you be sleeping? He just went up, calm everything, solved the problem. Here is, is happening the same. That's why we need to teach stories to our kids. The same God that here they thought it was sleeping happened again the same problem after that with the disciples. For us, and I was a teacher in Cuba, for me as a teacher I always told my students whenever a teacher repeat two things one after the other then that's really important. That will come the text. For us, we have the Bible. Whenever you see the same repetition two, three, four, five times, that is going to come in the test. And that test is our own life. How many times do we think that God is just sleeping? How many times do we think that probably God is, uh, in China is 12 o'clock in the night. Well, probably God is just sleeping there in China. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is one that is not attached to a place. He's here, he's everywhere. He doesn't have a body. He doesn't have anything of that. 
the more we know about God, the more that we know that He's not sleeping or He's not relaxing in, in Hawaii or in our own place. That's not the God of the Bible. Rose yourself, do not reject us forever. We think many times and we come to God praying whenever we are in the middle of the problem. And yes, that's really good. Come to God whenever you can find Him. Yes. But don't try to do it just whenever you are in the middle of the problem. Pray to Him when there is good. Praise Him when there is bad. Praise Him always and forever. Verse 24, why do you hide your face? The more we know about God, and I'm just encouraging you to know more about God because that's what is going to happen with us, our faith and all of that. The more we know about God, the more that we can trust in Him. God will, will never hide His face. He doesn't have a face, so He's not like looking at a place where to hide behind a tree. Not to. Many times we are like, oh, let me try to hide from the pastor that probably he's going to, to see me doing this. God is going to know everything anyway. And whenever we think that God is hiding, remember, we are the ones who are running away from him. And that's the example of all the stories. So teach your kids the story, the stories of the Bible. Adam and Eve, as soon as they did something wrong, who were the ones running? God or Adam and Eve? And I always, I think I used that example before here. I have two kids. The first thing that you know is whenever kids are playing and they are real loud, everything is perfect. As soon as they're silent on the room, run. There's a big problem. They are trying to hide. That comes with the nature. So the one here hiding the face is not God. Us, we are the ones running away from God. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Verse 26, rise up come to our help. Those are the best words from the soul. Please, God, come to our help. How do we know that He's going to come to our help? Because He has been doing that forever. He's not hiding. He's not running. We are the ones hiding. We're the ones running. God is not. God is the one who will come to rescue us. God is the one coming to find us whenever we're just running away from Him. But that knowledge will come after we know a lot about God. As much as we know from all the Old Testament and the New Testament, everything that man has been doing, then we will know what God will do. Our faith needs to be based in God and not in us. We need to trust God, not us. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. The way that the psalm just ends there and in the best way that it can end. And it ends on God. At the beginning, everything was like, yes, we know everything that you have been doing. Now we want you to do everything because of me. Now at the end, he's saying, well, now I know everything there. Needs to be because of you, not because of me. I couldn't solve the problem. Now I need to come to you. What we see is, and this is just an example of our life. We know about God when everything is good. Whenever we go into suffering, 
then we just try to ask God to do everything because he treated in another time somebody else in one way so we want God to come and do the same but then after that we just realize and we just go and say the only solution is in you so if we can just learn something from all this all we need to know like always glorify God for everything that he has been doing second piece don't complain number three he will do everything on his way on his turn and he will do it because he loves us not because something good that we can offer to him but he will come to save us and he will come to rescue us because of his steadfast love if there is a good promise for us is that God love us many times we don't love God many times we just run out of him the good news is that he will always be the same the more that we know about God the more that we know that he doesn't change the more that we know that he doesn't have passions so he did he, he's not going to love us more today or yesterday his will will never change once he decides to love us, he will love us forever. He's not going to change. And everything is because of his steadfast <coughs> I just hope that these words this morning can remember and point you to Christ. These words just bring you all the way. To think about how Jesus came to die at the cross. If everything would be about us, after we complain, after we do all of that, many times for us as parents, we just go and say to our kids, they start, oh, I want this, I want this, and I want this. And they start crying and crying, and what we do is what? We discipline them. We don't give the things to them. Why is it so difficult to understand that with us and God? We need always to know that God is going to accomplish everything because of Him, because of His steadfast love. And if you can leave today this place and go home, just think think about that God that has been doing everything in the Bible. The God revealed there in the Historia Saludis. Think about God. Think about everything that he has been doing always. And if you can learn something from men, always remember, men run away God, men try to go away from God, men disobey God. But God always, because of Him, because of He doesn't change, because of His steadfast, steadfast love, He will come and rescue us and bring us back to Him. That's the big promise of the Gospel. The promise of the Gospel is that Jesus came, died for us, He gave us the Holy Spirit, and he's not going never to abandon us. Sometimes we may th we may think that he's just sleeping. Sometimes we may think that he's just resting in another place. That's okay. You can think about that. But the reality is that he is not. He's always with us. He's always the same. He doesn't change. And that's our hope and that's our trust. Always think whenever you can and let your faith be built upon God. Don't build your faith upon what you can just see or the big of your circumstances. Build your faith upon God. And that's the end of verse 26. 
rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Father, we come to your presence this morning, and we just want to give you thanks. Thank you for, for revealing yourself to us in the Bible. There are so many doctrines that we many times we forget about them. But the biggest one is that you are God. We are creatures. And for us as creatures, we need you. We need your help. We need you to come and rescue us. Many times we think that is reversed. But thank you that you sent Father, your Son, Jesus who came and took our place. Thanks for giving us faith to believe in you. Thanks for the Holy Spirit who is living in us and bringing us to you. Thanks for doing the whole work. Because if you just give us a small portion for us to do, the first thing that we will do is just complain and run away from you. That's why we're asking you, Father, to work in our souls, in our spirit. Help us to walk in your life. Help us to walk in everything that you want us to do. Help us in our faith and help us to know more and more you. The more we will know you, the better it's going to be for us. So help us this morning and at the time that we just leave this place. Let us continue remembering everything that you have been doing. And for us to realize that the world is about you and not about us. Help us in the middle of the suffering always to remember you. In Jesus' name, amen.